Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 29 through 31. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations which you are going to dis, in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, beware that you are not ensnared to follow them after they are destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods that I also may do likewise? You shall not behave thus toward the Lord your God. For every abominable act which the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. And let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the word of God today that is forever settled in the heavens. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get lined up with it rather than asking it to line up with us. You're the king, Lord Jesus. So we pray that you receive our worship today. All of this, Lord, and great praise to you. Thank you for what you have done in our lives and in this nation. And we humbly ask for more. And help me to share what you want me to in Jesus' name. And help us to receive. Amen. So 63,885,204 abortions since 1973's Roe versus Wade ruling. And that's just since that ruling. And, and that's just the latest statistical count. It's hard to fathom. Years past when I have talked on Sanctity Human Life Sunday uh, about this issue. I remember showing how that would be the states of North and South Dakota, and it just goes across the map of the entire state. There's that many people that it would affect. And on June 24th, 2022, the Supreme Court, by a 6-3 to three vote, has overturned Roe versus Wade. Abortion in the United States will now be regulated to the states. So it goes back to the people. It goes back to the people. Dobbs versus Jackson was the name of the ruling, and it said, quote, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. The Dobbs ruling states Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Just yesterday morning, I was in Psalm 119, verse 73 says, Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. But it was God's hands that made and fashioned me, fashioned you. God is the one who, Psalm 138, knit us together in our mother's womb. And behold, babies are a gift from God. And I want to tell any woman here today who has had an abortion, or man who has approved one, or parent who funded one, or doctor who performed one, or nurse who worked at an abortion shop, that your sins, though red as scarlet, can be white as snow. That the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. First John chapter 1 verse 7. 
So turn to him and be saved. I, God has given me a vision for First Community Church, I believe. And I, I'm sharing it in bits and pieces. But one of the visions that I have, that I believe really is from him, I have a vision of a church that you cannot tell. You cannot tell if it's black or white, Hispanic or Asian. And somebody walks in the foyer and says, is this a black church or a white church? And someone says back to them, what's it matter? This is a Jesus church. Where everybody is honored, young and old, rich or poor, all across, Democrat or Republican. I mean it. Now, so I can't help, I can't change the color of my skin. I can't change the culture from which I was raised in. I can't change my accent. Well, if I did, you'd be able to tell. Let's just put it that way. You know, I've tried that before. It doesn't work. You know, there's something about when you're born in Buffalo, New York, and then you move to Atlanta, Georgia in the fourth grade. It doesn't matter how you say y'all. It just doesn't quite sound the same way as when y'all say y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to say you. Uh, my wife from New Jersey just says use. And I don't ask her to change her New Jersey spots either. She is from New Jersey. Praise the Lord. She's awesome. <laughs> Man, I got to stick to my notes. See, I'm going to get myself in some hot water. But here's the deal. I cannot change color of my skin. But I also cannot change what this book says. And so what I want to say today I want to sound like a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to sound like a political supporter in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the truth is, I was told that if, in 1968, abortion had been legal in New York State, I would not be here. So this is a huge issue for me, and you guys know that I have served in ministries, local ministries of pregnancy resource centers, and I've done all uh, that, uh, that I could do to try to help and support the young or the scared person or the, the one that's in a difficult marriage, in a difficult spot, and they don't know where else to turn, and rather than being the voice of, of meanness and hatefulness to someone like that, instead to be the voice of help and hope and just let the person know we're here for you. We'll get you through this. And I want to say again what I said and have said several times on Sanctity of Human Life Sundays. If any uh, person here finds yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know where to turn, and the thought of the truth coming out terrifies you, do this. Meet with my wife and I in secret. And we will do all that we can to help you. And if you don't want your baby, we'll raise your baby. And we mean that as sure as we are here today. Checked with her even yesterday before I said that. Promise again. Isaiah 5 verse 20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And to me, the most important word in that whole verse is woe. So I cannot get up here and tell you that this is not a sin. It is a sin. 
I cannot tell you it's okay based on the circumstances that you were in. I want you to know that there's forgiveness for you. There's restoration for you to the point that you can help others. Others. And men, we gotta, we gotta get real on this. I mean, listen, if we were the ones who had to carry the baby for nine full months, that would change a lot of the things and decisions that come in a heated, heated moment. I'm telling you it would. And we need to be compassionate toward those who had the same urges or temptations that anybody else had. But now they are in this position that they don't know what to do with. And rather than the church turning a blind eye or turning people away, we as a church need to step up and help people out. We really do. And we need to be a part of saving people's lives. What happened on Friday is not going to end it all. Now people are just going to have to travel to a state other than Texas. And so we got to be very, Texas did have in place uh, the trigger law. It goes into effect 30 days as soon as yesterday or Friday's ruling took place. Others, other states like Arkansas is just the moment that the Supreme Court decided uh, that, boom, it goes into place. And now if someone performs one in the state of Texas, they will be penalized uh, with possible life in prison and fines up to $100,000. Psalm 106 says, They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts, and they played the whore in their deeds. Does your Bible say that? That's what the Word of God says. And this Word is forever settled in the heavens. We are not to change what the Word of God says. And anybody who stands behind a pulpit has to say, what the Word of God says, or they shouldn't be behind a pulpit. But it should be said in love, and it should be bathed in prayer. And my prayer is that you would hear today what God wants you to hear this very moment. Cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. That's Isaiah 58, verse 1. Now Isaiah does not say back to them, or to God, wait a minute God, if I do that, they might not like me. If I do that, God, things might not go so well for me. I read verses like Isaiah 58, verse 1. Cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgressions. Now this is Isaiah who also said, Behold, I am a man of unclean lips. Were it not for that, 
uh, angel that took that coal from that altar and touched his lips and cleansed him, he would not be clean himself. But still we have to call sin, sin. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Proverbs 14, verse 34. You want to know what's so profound about that? Is this is not just said to Israel. This is any nation. You don't have to be Israel, Judah, any nation. Sin is a reproach. It's going to be a hangnail. It's going to tie you up. It's going to bind you down. But righteousness will exalt any nation. This is not self-righteousness, is it? Just Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. But when you pray, go into your closet and pray. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you in secret. We, we have to have a secret righteousness long before we're ever going to have a public righteousness. And Christians, we have to lead the charge on this. We have to be the ones who pray in secret, fast in secret, and give in such a way that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And if we will do that, if we will stoke the flame in private, that light is going to shine in public. Sometimes I think when we read the Bible and it says, let your light shine, we're thinking it's an LED light. They didn't have them back then. The light that they had was a fire. We got to restoke the fires. Now there's a group, and I'm not going to dignify them by giving, by saying their name right now. And to this microphone, I'm just not. They're an organization that has vandalized and firebombed many pregnancy centers. And they've made statements like this. If abortion isn't safe, you aren't either. We are everywhere. They've said, we need the state to feel our wrath. We need to express this madness fully and with Ferocity, is that how you say that? We need them to be afraid of us. This is what this radical group has said. They've said worse things. We, in our Sunday school, we had a lesson today about fear. The difference between the fear of man and the fear of the Lord. Uh, Jesus said, fear the one who is able to cast you into hell. That's the one. That's the one you want to pay attention to. You want to care more about what that one thinks than what anybody else thinks. We as children of light need to storm the gates of Hades to set captives free. And the devil will keep people in bondage through fear. Fear of death all of their lives, the Bible says. We need to be the ones who are willing to go into the dark places to rescue the folks that really would love to get out of there. It's called the gates of Hades. Now, the King James calls it the gates of hell, and that's fine, because if you remain in that place and you die in that place, the person will go to hell forever and ever. We talked about that in men's group Friday morning. Can you imagine just for a moment, how horrible hell is. 
One of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not murder. There's forgiveness. The way that there's forgiveness is God sends His Son. And His Son takes His wrath upon Himself. So I'm not worried about this group's wrath. You see what I'm saying? I'm far more concerned about the King who died on the cross to save me from the wrath that I deserve so that I could be with Him forever and ever. And He didn't transport us to heaven immediately. He's given us a job to do. And our job is to help other people. Our job is not to just come together in a holy huddle and just keep huddling up and huddling up and just try to get our huddle bigger and bigger and more people in our huddle and more people in our huddle. Now, we will huddle around one another just as we did this morning. You saw a holy huddle take place. But then there's a time to break. Do you guys remember that? Maybe you're in football. Break. You go charging up to the line of scrimmage. You get out there on the front line, and that line of scrimmage says, over here is Hades, and Satan's in charge of this over here. And we're over here, and we're saying, well, we're about to make advances. And your defense, your gate, cannot prevail against our linemen. You follow me? We are moving forward because we got a ball to carry, and we're going to take this ball all the way down across that line. And I wonder how many people, I mean, seriously, when you think of over these past 50 years since 1973, how many people have marched and been thrown in jail, had pregnancy resource centers that were vandalized, all these kinds of things that have happened to them, and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, and they never saw June 24th, 2022 like we saw, you know? And it's like, woe is me if I don't preach about this today. So I am exercising my right to free speech today. Hallelujah. But more than that, in obedience to my King Jesus, I'm speaking it out and I'm saying what needs to be said. And every time I had a Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, I caught heat for it. I just didn't always talk about it. Very first one we ever had, had someone meet with me the very next week. Someone who worked in a doctor's office to tell me about the huge dilemma that this uh, lady was in uh, with this certain sort of pregnancy that she had. And that mean old priest would not okay that abortion. And they're telling it to me like this. And I knew exactly why they're telling it to me. And you want, you want to know what I want to do? I want to help that mother. That's what I want to do. And I, I want to pray for that mother. And so I've had people after, but here's what else we saw. I've had people after people, um, here's some hot water, here's some hot water. That hot water isn't near as hot as the place I've been rescued from. We've had uh, those who have gotten into classes that are available for free, that have helped, that have helped them get freedom and find true forgiveness and even have a particular ceremonies, and even to the point to come up and testify and talk about what they did and the sin that God forgave them of and set other people free. So this 
It is. Gone into the schools and talked to folks in schools. And do you know every time we went into the schools, there would be some phone call from some angry, disgruntled parent or guardian before we even got there. And stuff posted that said, they're going to be passing around little fetuses. We didn't do any of that. What we did is we talked to them about character development. About what it meant to be a boy and what it means to be a girl. And did you notice how all of a sudden those blurred lines got unblurred this past week? The ones who are mad and say, take to the streets, this is a, you know, this is a constitutional right for a woman to do. Wait a minute, you told us that we don't know what a man or a woman is. So wait a minute, you do know. You know, after all, you've always known. And we need to help some people. And I'm, I'm saying we need to be ready to be there for some of these babies. That's what I think. That's what I'm willing to do. I hope you're willing to come with me. Now, that hateful group that I said some of the things they said, shall we hate in return? May it never be. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Here's the things that I think we should pray for. Number one, I think we should pray for protection from pregnancy resource centers including their finances. I really hope someone's now not going to go, you know, Friday happened, I can stop the financial support of a local uh, pregnancy resource center because they overturned it. (laughs) I'm sorry to laugh at that thought, but this is the way people often think. So we need to pray for these resource centers. Number two, We need to pray that righteousness would prevail in the states that do what Texas is doing. That it would be so clear which states stand for life and which states do not. Because righteousness exalts those particular states. And you see people wanting to move to those states. You see finances blessed in those states. You see healthcare doing much better in those states. You see healthier people in those states. You see what I'm saying? We need to pray for these states that are going to take the brunt and they're going to stand for righteousness according to law and people, the voters in those states who are going to vote in the people who are for life for helping people, that those states, those states, those 21, I've heard 21 of those states just kind of rise up and others say, what is it you do? Why is it you guys are doing so well? Number three, we need to pray about the, continue to pray about legislation in these other states like California and New York. This is horrific. The legislation that they have. Number four, and this is from Clarence Thomas's opinion. You can get on there and you can read what Justice Thomas wrote. But this number four comes from his opinion statement because he said they ought to also relook at the gay marriage ruling. It is not a constitutional right. And my prayer is that the Supreme Court would revisit that issue that it would go back to the states to decide and that the voters in those states would have the say according to the Constitution and then God raises up the states he wants to exalt and the states that it becomes a reproach become a reproach. 
But the, the Supreme Court needs to revisit this issue no matter how unpopular this is. Whether they storm the, 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 uh, homes and the properties of the Supreme Court justices and there need to be some laws in place for these folks. This needs to be revisited. So one of our government officials said that the Supreme Court ruled against the Constitution when it had to do with gun rights and then ruled and then ruled against the Constitution, excuse me, for the Constitution, but then against the Constitution when it had to do with the right for an abortion. And here's the thing that these government officials need to know. Gun rights is a second amendment. To what? To the Constitution. There is no amendment to the Constitution that speaks of abortion. Those are the facts. We need to be in prayer for young and older women who are in a tough place and are afraid. And they're not even sure if they can speak out or who to speak out to. Number six, we need to pray for the church to herald the healing ministry. Spiritual healing, come to Jesus. These sins can be white as snow. Emotional healing, this does not have to bind you up for the rest of your life. And yes, sometimes the physical healing and things that have happened. Um, no abortion ever happens. And if you've had one, you know this. No abortion ever happens without the shedding of blood. And what Planned Parenthood does is they give um, that client, as they leave, either a prescription or the pills themselves, and they give them uh, one for here's the birth control, and then here's the antibiotics. And you need the antibiotics because of the blood that's been shed. What they do not tell the client is that these antibiotics are going to counteract the dosage over here of the birth control. And so now what's that person going to do? They're going to be a returning client. We need to be in prayer. We really do. And whatever you do, church, do not go to sleep. Don't go to sleep now. I have seen this happen over these past 22 years where somebody's president finally gets in office and whew, it's time to go to sleep. Or the one that they didn't want get, get gets in there and, well, I guess I'll just fold my hands and wait for another four years. What got me involved was we had had one of the most pro-abortion candidates ever elected to office. Like, what in the world am I going to do now? Well, I got to do something. And so I stepped onto a board of an organization that I could help out with. Do not go to sleep. Every so often, God would give Judah a godly king. What would Judah do with that godly king? And every so often, God would somehow in some way be pleased to let there be another evil king that came up. God gives opportunities for His people to stand for righteousness and to pursue righteousness. Sometimes He puts people in place and other times He removes people. And whatever we do, we need to be people who seek first His kingdom 
and his righteousness. And then all the other things will be added unto us. And so if you're here today and you just need forgiveness and you know you need forgiveness, I pray that you'd let us pray for you or talk to you before you leave today. Uh, We want you to be ministered to. Maybe you have something else going on in your life and you need prayer, you need ministry for that. Well, then let us minister to you. If you don't know how to receive Christ as your Savior, I say it this way almost all the time. You say, Lord Jesus, uh, I have sinned. Please forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life. And if you will do that, Jesus will come into your life and he will never, ever leave you. And he will actually help you stand for righteousness and pursue righteousness. And this is what we are called to do today. And we need his help and his strength to do just that. So pray for our country. Pray for the churches. Pray for your community. And stand firm for Jesus Christ. He stood for you at the cross. Stand up for Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, we want to give you praise today. You are worthy of our worship. We thank you for this ruling of the Supreme Court on Friday. We pray for protection over all of those justices. God, we help, we ask your help for America. We know we have so much more to go and so much more to do. But we do pray, dear God, that you would help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness And trust that all the other things and all the other difficulties that are going on in America, that you will take care of those things in your own time. So, Lord, I pray that you would take the things that I have said today and that you would be glorified in what has been said. We worship you today, Jesus. We're sorry for so long that it took for America to change and to turn back to be a nation that is more for the life of unborn babies. And at the same time, we thank you for your hand in this decision that finally came to pass. So God, come and heal our land. And Lord, use us to be a part of that healing process. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm-hmm.